0: working? Where are you getting stuck? You know, where's the breakdown happening? And, and really try to see what your blind spots are. Hey everyone, welcome to the Nourished and Thriving show. I'm your host, Katie Luffett. I'm a registered dietitian on a mission to help you increase your impact and legacy on the world while healing your gut and reducing your IBS symptoms. I'm so grateful to have you here. Each week I'll inspire you to live vibrantly and provide valuable resources and information that empowers you to take bold action towards your health goals. Before we dive in, make sure you follow or subscribe to my show wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys. So food, let's talk about food. How about that? If you're dealing with hot mess guts, or you know, somebody who is, or love somebody who is, which there's a high likelihood of that. If you are listening to this, you probably think about food a lot, or maybe you don't because you kind of hate food now (laughs) because of your digestive symptoms, which is just really sad. And I hope that we can change that because I think food should nourish the body, but also be enjoyed right. And, and really be delicious. But if, if you're dealing with gut issues, you think food is causing me the problem. It isn't always, you know, the only solution or the only problem. And you've probably heard me talk about that before if you've been around for very long. But the fact is that 75% of the foods that Americans eat are of little to no use to the microbiome. So that's a problem, right? Especially if you're dealing with digestive issues, you're really feeling the the consequences of that. And there's it seems like there's always a new, you know, trendy food or trendy diet or way of eating coming to the surface. And you're really confused. And so then you have like these two different issues going on where you're probably not eating the food that's actually nourishing your microbiome and and being good for you. You're super confused because you keep getting bombarded by all of these different claims of eat this, do this, you know, carnivore, keto, vegan, you know, you should do all of these different things. And then there's the reality of the foods that you actually feel like you can eat, right? I It's not uncommon for me to have people come to me and say, Katie, I can eat five foods, that's it. And that's a really hard place to be in. And so how can you navigate what you can eat while nourishing the microbiome, while enjoying the food and having peace and confidence that what you're eating is actually healthy and going to nurture health for you? So it's really challenging and I get it as a consumer, And you wish that someone would just tell you what to eat. I get that asked all the time. Like, tell me what to eat. Can you just give me a meal plan? Can you just give me a meal plan for SIBO? Just give me a meal plan for IBS. Like, just tell me what to eat. But a lot of the times I found that people don't actually take action, even if I give them a meal plan. So first of all, Just getting a meal plan or just asking somebody that you're not working with, like professionally that you haven't hired to work with you. If you're just like sending me on Instagram a message, asking for a meal plan or some other dietitian or health coach or whatever, or finding a meal plan online that promises to fix your problems. It's probably not going to because it's not been personalized for you. And your approach to healing your gut really needs to be multifaceted. It's not just food. Food is a part, but it's not the only thing. But So there's that part. And then also people don't tend to follow meal plans. They don't tend to stick with them. So from my perspective, it's a huge waste of resources to go out and make you a meal plan because I know that in all likelihood, you're probably not going to stick with it. I do use meal plans in my program, but they're meant more to inspire on what a balanced meal looks like, how to generally eat to support the microbiome and to maybe give some recipe inspiration. It's not necessarily going to be a really strict, like eat this for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack in these exact portions, because that's just not realistic for most people. So, you know, it, it's not honestly going to, you know, be that helpful for you or give you, you know, real change most of the time. So why is that? Right? Why is that? I actually have three keys to help you stick to a meal plan that I wanted to share with you today. So the first one is to assess, assess what is working for you right now, Right? what's going really well. And then also on the flip side of that coin, what's really not going well. Um, So one of, you know, mindset is really important in here where, you know, you're not judging yourself as you're going through and looking at all of this and assessing this. Don't judge yourself and be like, oh, I'm a horrible person. I'm such a loser and I can't ever do anything right. And I can't even meal plan. Like, don't go down that rabbit hole, right? We're just looking objectively what's working, where are you getting stuck? You know, where's the breakdown happening? And, and really try to see what your blind spots are. Sometimes that can be really challenging to do for ourselves. It's even hard for me sometimes to see my own blind spots, right? That's where somebody like me having a coach can come in and be really helpful. But yeah, just write, write it all out. Don't get angry with somebody else for saying, oh, I'm playing these meals and nobody eats, you know, whatever I cook and all of that. But just, you know, try to be really neutral whenever you're doing that. So assess is the first step. But a lot of people skip that, you know, they don't realize that it's even a step of meal planning, honestly, but you really need to do that to understand what's working, what's not working so that you can fill in that gap. Otherwise you're just going to end up in the same place. Honestly, you're just going to get another meal plan and not follow it (laughs) and then get mad at yourself maybe for not following it. So then after that, the second step then is to actually plan, come up with an actual plan. And it's a lot easier to do this when you already know what doesn't work. But the first thing that you need to do with this is look at your calendar for the upcoming week, really, you know, write down what you're doing, what all you've got going on. You know, when are you going to have more time? What days are you going to have less time? Uh, what do you have, you know, what days do you have no time on? So then you can go in and plan from there. So on the days that you're going to have more time, maybe you can chop some extra veggies that day to use in a future week, or you can go ahead and pre-cook portions of a meal that you want to use later in the week. Um, And then on the days where, you know, your kids are in every direction with different activities, maybe you've got a late meeting, you're going to be out and about, maybe you can rely on some leftovers that night or a freezer meal, you know, maybe on days that you have more time, you can cook an extra you know, whatever, and stick it in the freezer and pull it out. Or you can just make a double portion earlier in the week and reheat it. Or something that you can just throw together in a few minutes, like breakfast for dinner or something is a really great idea where you're doing an egg scramble or a little quiche or something like that. For t- But plan something that doesn't require a lot of time and energy on those days so that you have a plan and you've planned for it. I found that doing this Having a a quick list of go-to meals is so helpful because how many times have you gone down the rabbit hole of looking for recipes in cookbooks or on blogs? And then by, you know, before you know it, you look up and it's been three hours and you actually don't have anything planned. (laughs) So I actually provide this in my, in my signature program too, in my resource library, where it's just, you know, you can do it with a piece of paper, but I, I kind of walk people through it a little bit. I call it meal plan like a pro. And you are writing down your, your recipes, your go-to recipes as you, as you make them, you know, just have it in a binder. You can print out the recipe alongside of it or say what cookbooks it's in, you know, so that you have a go-to list you can do a seasonal list if you want. So more, you know, soups and stews and stuff in the winter that are your go-to's more comfort foods. And then you can do like a spring summer one. That's going to have more salad, more fresh produce, stuff like that. Um, But just having your family's go-tos, you can even write like takes a lot of time to prep. So, you know, more for special occasions or I did like a roast, I was trying to do a roast chicken last night, but I ended up accidentally thawing a turkey breast. (laughs) So we had roast turkey breast, it was still good, but it didn't take that long to prep, but it took a long time to bake. So that was something where, I had a call in the evening, so I knew I needed to just prep it and stick it in the oven before that call. So, whenever the call was over, it would be ready to pull out and enjoy. So, stuff like that, just writing little notes for yourself or, you know, comes together really quickly and easily. And so that, that way you have a list of your family's go to favorites and you're not trying to reinvent the wheel because it also takes a lot less time to cook a recipe that you're familiar with, instead of trying to make a brand new recipe where you're really like having to follow along and be like, well, what was supposed to come next? And what am I supposed to do with this? And really paying super close. But if you're making something that you're more familiar with, I think that's great. I think having like 10-ish recipes on your list is great. You don't you don't want it to become this list of a hundred different recipes, because then you're still like sifting through, right? So that's why I think splitting it up seasonally is really good. And then just having a few, you know, that you can rotate through maybe once a week, try something fun and new. If you like to be adventurous, whenever you cook and that way you can do on a day where you have more time and you've planned for that, but you're not trying to recreate the wheel every night for dinner. So that's the second step. So first we had assess, assess your week. The second step is plan. And then, you know, from there it is to just actually do the grocery shopping. So you, you need to weigh your options here. And grocery shopping is always going to cost you something, right? It's always going to cost you whether it's time or it's money or convenience. Um, You know, there's a few different options. So there are some where you can have your groceries delivered like on Instacart. Well, that's going to be a little bit more expensive because you're paying the tip and the delivery fee. And then also you're, you may not get what you want, right? You're relying on your shopper to find what you had picked out from the store, you know, and then they're shopping at like an Aldi or a Trader Joe's where maybe you're going to save some money and you're going to save some time, you know, typically because those stores are smaller, their products are priced a little bit less. So you're not going to buy as much because you don't have as much to choose from unless you're going to Trader Joe's occasionally during seasonal stuff and stock up like I've been known to do. I probably don't save money, but you're gonna save a little money theoretically because you're not buying as much and the prices are better. But they don't always have every single thing that you might want, especially Aldi. You know, I tell people I love Aldi. You can go in and buy your week's worth of groceries for I I feel like it's 30% less than our you know, grocery stores, I really do. So it's really worth it to some people, but you can't necessarily go in with a shopping list to make specific recipes. It's more, you know, I need five different types of veggies and then some root veggies type of thing and see what they have from week to week. And then we order all of our meat from ButcherBox because I just think their quality is incredible. The convenience is great. And it's a great price point. So maybe ordering from Butcher Box doesn't actually, you know, you're not having to sacrifice anything. I think that's a great option, but that's a good pairing for Aldi because they don't have the hugest selection of organic meats all the time, but you can have them in your freezer at home. So, you know, Aldi Trader Joe's is maybe you're giving up a little bit of convenience, whether it's, you know, the store's a little bit farther away or they don't have everything you may be wanting from the store. So you're having to make a, you know, a trip to another store to get the rest of your list or just not be as creative with your meal plan because you're using more limited ingredients. And then there's just like a regular grocery store, you know, here in Texas, we have HEB and Kroger, you know, stores are kind of regional. So you may have something else depending on where you live, but those are going to be a little bit more expensive. You know, if you're buying organic and brand name, especially, and, and they can be crowded and they can take forever. Like so long, especially like here, we really need more grocery stores. And so they're very crowded and the stores are just so big. It takes you longer to walk around and, and there's more to choose from. So you may end up buying more. I found that like an HEB pickup is a really great option because you're really aware of what all you're putting in your cart. You're seeing the, you know, the bill add up each time. If, if cost is something that you're keeping in mind to have a family of five. So we're always, you know, really looking at our grocery expenses. Bo seriously, I think eats more than both of his big sisters combined a lot of the time (laughs) at the age of one, almost two, but I think that's a great option. But again, you're, you're kind of relying on another shopper to pick things out and find what you're looking for. So you may just not always get what you want. I've had to like go back to the store a couple of times to get like a key ingredient that didn't get added. Um, but those are kind of the pros and cons of, of grocery shopping. I'm really good at seeing all sides of the coin. So I hopefully that breakdown is helpful for you. But do what you know, works best for you. We tend to rotate. One week I'll go shop at Aldi. One week I'll do an HEB pickup. Maybe I'll do a Costco Instacart if we need to stock up on snacks and stuff. But we don't normally shop the same store every single week. And for us, that has felt like a pretty good rhythm because I can kind of stock up on the things that maybe Aldi doesn't have on the weeks I'm shopping at another store and then saving some money and time at Aldi on the weeks that I'm shopping there. And it seems to be a pretty good balance because I just don't have time to go to multiple stores in the same week. Like I just not going to do that. (laughs) So (laughs) Anyway, assess, plan your meals and grocery shop. So hopefully that's helpful for you guys. Don't bank on a meal plan, fixing every single thing, but do try to focus on making some small incremental changes, you know, planning your meals out and, and following through with whatever meals you choose to make. I guarantee it's going to be a lot better for your health than hitting the drive through every single day or relying on, you know, a bunch of like processed packaged freezer meals and stuff like that, which we all rely on from time to time, but you know, not every single day and that's expensive too. So hopefully that's helpful for you. Next, we're going to talk about, you know, really nourishing the microbiome and what that looks like. So make sure you tune into that. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered to take bold action towards your health goals. If you enjoy what you heard, don't forget to follow my show so you never miss a new episode. And it would mean the world to me if you left me or a few so others knew what to expect from my show. Last, get in touch. Let me know what bold action you're taking. Let me know how you're inspired. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore healthy gut underscore dietitian. I've put a link in my show notes for you so you can simply click and follow. Come say hi. I respond to all my messages and I can't wait to get in touch.